The water's a large sausage. Ethan, we don't have any money. How can we pay you? Well. <laughs> How can they pay me? Hello, ladies and gentlemen. that comes along with it. I am sad that on our 69th episode we do not have a uh, page porn leak to fucking discuss. I know, right? Should we just spotlight it from the past? <laughs> Drag it back? Right? I should bring her her vocals back in. Hi. Just trying to say hello. Playing around in the bathroom. And whatnot. Whatever she said. <laughs> oh, good times, good, good, hot, hot day. 69 is hot, and boy, is it hot, hot and wet. Day. It's hot, hot and day. moist out. I like it sweaty hot. Sweaty balls, sweaty balls. Sweaty balls? That's the wrong fucking time of year for sweaty balls. Ain't that a Christmas thing? <laughs> Fuck, I'm having deja vu. Yeah, yeah, it is. Fuck. <laughs> this is freaky. This is freaky. <laughs> I'm freaking out, man. Sweaty oh my God. balls. The people have no idea what we're going on about. I have no fucking we idea what's going on. this once. <laughs> <laughs> we did this once for no one to hear. Uh, for no one to hear... We gotta remember to take this that that episode down later. <laughs> yeah, otherwise uh, folks are gonna be tuning into one of our episode sixty nines. Just five minutes of silence. <laughs> you can just call it a bonus show. But five minutes of silence. <laughs> oh. But it's been a good week. A good week for uh, good week for wrestling. Good week for some people. It's been a bad week for some folks in the wrestling business. I mean, we're gonna get into the news later on, but there's been some uh, a lot of negative going on for a lot of folks. You know, I, I never, I always say this. People probably get sick of it, but I never like when our daughter and our injury news is, is bigger than the rest of the news. I don't like that. I don't like it. I like to yeah, see happy, it's always healthy a sad time. people. And there are some happy, healthy people. You and I are happy and healthy. Living the dream. Yes, yes, yes. It, it Working get, in the sunshine. Doesn't get much better. We're both in, live, I think we're both in better spots than we were probably six months ago, man. Yeah, I say I think things are going all right. Things aren't, things aren't great. But things are all right. I think shit on the uh, cloud style end is going pretty good. Buttered pop culture is up and running and and, and great. Got another one coming up this Monday. A really good oh, one shit. coming up this Monday. An all new episode, actually. An all new episode. Really? Yep. Yep. Talking our pop topics. What's popping on in the world today? That's gonna be a good one. 
Gonna be a good one. Yes, indeed. Gonna be a good one. Many topics instead of just one or two. Yep. Little experiment I wanted to shove forward, and I I liked it. It was good format, and I think we'll be bringing it back some point in the future too. Hopefully with some guests. Hopefully with some get some more opinions on the round table, if you will. Yes. Even though the round table is just multiple computer desks, but you know. <laughs> right, right. That's what a round table is there. nowadays. <laughs> good shit good to, it's good to open your mind and your mind let yourself be free you know we do that yes indeed shit we've been doing that all summer so far in our B-Sticks podcast summer of other yes heard some good uh, yeah. feedback on our independence day episode nice I heard, I heard from I heard from two people that don't watch anything outside of WWE who actually found it interesting. They didn't follow everything, but they found it interesting, and they they recognized a lot of names that we were talking about, and they thought it was kind of like, uh, you know, VH1 used to do, like, Where Are They Now, or whatever? Yeah. Yeah, that's what one of them said. They said it was like the VH1's Where Are They Now? I was like, hey, that's kind of cool. Which gave me an idea for a segment somewhere down the line, you know, but... <laughs> It'd be fun to do where are they at now for wrestlers who aren't wrestling at all anymore, you know? X-Pac, where is he now? He's cleaning up that yeast infection. He still <laughs> wrestles, though. He wrestles regularly. That motherfucker's putting on the best matches of his life nowadays. It's crazy. It's crazy what sobriety will do to you. Think he'll get a second run with WWE? I think he's definitely going to end up in a backstage capacity there. I think for sure. Um, Sean Waltman's podcast on the WWE Network. X-Pac 12360. Yeah. I've been listening to a new podcast for the last couple of weeks. Ooh, which one you got? And it's a relatively new podcast. They're eight episodes in. It's uh, it's called Felipe's Garage. And it is a podcast by Murs and Cookbook, two underground hip-hop phenoms. And they talk nerd shit and pop culture and just shoot the shit, rap shit. It's good stuff. Good, good podcast. And if you listen to B-Sticks podcast, I highly recommend you go up there and check out Felipe's podcast. Felipe's Garage. That's what it is. Yes. Give him a shout out. Get the title wrong. Pasties are on <laughs> the ball today. And if you're down with home-growing, good, down-to-earth music and musicians... <laughs> And if you're down with something that Beef Sticks is down with, you need to check out the Galactic Get Down. If you are in the Minnesota, Iowa, Wisconsin area, anywhere around that sort of... You know what? Fuck it. If you're from anywhere, you want to come and check it out, check it out. But definitely if you're in that area... It's well worth the trip. it, It definitely is. It's Houston, Minnesota, the Outback Ranch, August 2nd through the 4th. So it's coming up, coming up, less than a month away. Galactic Get Down Music and Camping Festival, hosted by Dead Larry, Seahorse Productions. 
And uh, and and Big Zach is your big host for the weekend. Big host. You know, you, you're, you're going to get used to these names. You hear them every week, but of course that one guy is there. Useful Jenkins, The Way Down Wanders, Kind Country, Frogleg, L-Dub, Lunar Funk Theory, Natty Nation, Space Monster, Basement Brew, Gin Strings, Roots Within, Space Monkey Mafia, The Northern Medicine, Simone Smash It, Smoking Joe and Friends, The Bob Pat Band, Sister Tree, New Elements, Illegal Smile, Gus Royal, LR Splimit, and even more. And even more, folks. It's going to be a hell of a weekend. I'm looking forward to getting back down to the get down. I'm looking forward to checking out the new grounds. I wonder if there's more shade. It would be a nice thing. It would be nice. And folks, if you want to know more about the Galactic Get Down, I highly recommend checking out the Smokin' Joe Show on Facebook Live. It'll be airing tomorrow, July 12th. At 8 p.m., and it features Jess Seahorses. So the two brains, two of the brains, festival, picking each other. Should be a good episode. Should be very informative. Check it out. And if you can't watch it on Facebook Live, you can always catch episodes on YouTube the day after they air. Smokin' Joe Show. And for all Much details, love for podcast. and for all details of where to go, how to get there, when it is, who's going to be there, any of that stuff, you can always check out the Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash galactic get down or www.galacticgetdown.com. If you buy your tickets now, weekend pass is 85 bucks. 85 bucks, folks, for a whole fucking weekend. Bucks. Holy shit. Otherwise, at the gate, it's 100 bucks. That's still a steal. Still a steal. You know what else you could buy with 85 bucks? An hour of studio time if you're Violent J and Twisted. Yep, so hurry up and loop loop a beat, Mike. Let's go. Come on! My name is Jamie Medrox and I got fat balls. I'm always urinating in the hotel walls. I got a big head that never fits a hat. So you ain't seeing me wear no damn big green bitch. I'm far from rich, I got a hoop D. God damn it. That happened on Beef Sticks Podcast. Hey, guess what? Still wrestling related, sort of, somehow down the line. That's what you think. That's what you think. <laughs> uh and of course, Galactic Get Down, you can meet live and in person. Pasty White, Strategy, Fat Mac, and the whole cloud style family. Yes! It's good shit. It'll be a good time. I'm really, really excited. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I'm so excited. You I'm gonna sell it? you on some vinyl decals. Yes! Monster Wear Clothing, bringing you the finest quality goods for the lowest prices. Great turnaround time. Great customer service. Monster clothing for all your vinyl decal, t-shirt, and hockey mask hand-painted by God himself. Yes, Monster Wear. Get at them on Facebook today.
want to give a quick shout out to Double Dare Entertainment putting on their Double Down Saturday, August 18th, in Brooklyn Park. Double Down Hip Hop Day Fest Infused Barbecue. Fucking five dollar red cups. You know what that means. Get your drink on. It's gonna be a good time. And I do believe Get Local MN will be in the house podcasting that event as well. We're getting out there, spreading our wings, doing doing bringing the show to you. That's Double Down, brought to you by Double Dare Entertainment. Now on with the shoe. It's a really, really good shoe. And it is a good show, and it's good for you folks here. Because, uh, let's, you know what, it's it's our 69th episode. 69th is X-rated. X-rated is extreme. And boy, we got and some... And this Sunday? Extreme predictions for this extreme Sunday. <laughs> Which don't forget, folks, we still haven't watched any WWE uh, weekly product. In fact, I haven't even gotten to watch the uh, European tournament either, the UK tournament. So actually, I haven't been watching any WWE product at Same-sies. all. Same-sies. No, uh, I tell you though, catching reviews, it makes me want to say, I might watch SmackDown, but I won't. Yeah. I gotta stand with the summer of other, and fuck, there's enough shit for us to watch. There's so much other shit, it's there hard to, to even keep track of the uh, what other shit we want. Hopefully the G1 <laughs> Climax, right. hopefully we'll have the G1 Climax to talk about either next week or the week after. Um, a lot of shit going next on Next week there. I'm shooting for. A little bit of... Uh, a little bit of horrible news coming out of the G1 Climax uh, from San Francisco, but uh, we'll get into that. First of all, Pasty, it is prediction time! Prediction, do you say? 2018 Extreme Rules Predictions brought to you by Beef Sticks Podcast. Okay! You know, for an Extreme Rules match, or show i mean I, I think the matches will probably be good but i look at the uh there's no I, stipulations really there's a lot of stipulations there yeah i think so but i'd say 50 percent <clears throat> stipulations which is okay but i just i look at the matches and i'm like you know maybe they got Kyle good storyline does not qualify as a stipulation no no but i think there's about 50 percent stipulations um but it's like I'm looking at these matchups and maybe there's really good storylines going into it. I don't know, I'm not watching it. But they're not matches that really get me super excited. There's there's one two two that yes. get me excited. Maybe three, two and a half. We'll, I'll call it two and a half. We'll see. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. We got a pre-show. Um well, it's also hard to be excited for matches when you haven't been keeping up with the story. I'm yeah. really interested to actually watch WWE like I would watch Ring of Honor New Japan and just see where everything's at all at once. I'm, I'm and besides forward. the promo packages, some of the story enough. 
That's what I was going to say. I'm looking forward to actually wanting to see the promo packages instead of being sick of them. <laughs> They'll actually right. mean something to us this time. Yep. Um, but the pre the pre show is uh doesn't surprise me. See, I mean everybody they brought up from NXT this last bring up they've just already jobbed out. Sanity's already yep. pre shows. They had they had weeks of vignettes about them, and now and then they did nothing with them, and now they're on pre show. So yeah, with New Day. Which I love New Day, but New Day well, is I mean, New Day of two years ago. They came out and they challenged somebody to a match. Uh, that's not a good way to bring sanity in. And they I lost deep down. Yeah, they yeah. challenged and they lost. This is your big heel stable, your big monsters, your 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 crazy. Ooh, yeah. Oh. I still think New Day has been around for quite a while. They're not such a hot commodity anymore. Maybe. Maybe, just maybe. It's a tables match. The New we Day lays down. We didn't say it was. Oh. It's a tables match, so we already got a stipulation here. So, uh. Why would you match, put one of your extreme matches on the fucking pre show? Uh, because. I don't like that. Yeah. Uh. Oh. I don't either, but we got a tables match, New Day, Saturday. You're on, you're on New Day? No, I'm I'm saying New Day lays down. Sanity's gonna win. Yeah, I'm with you there, especially with the table stipulation. They can easily get away with yeah. giving them a, a false win. Um, they did lose. I don't know how they've been coming up. I know their debut they lost. I don't know if they've done anything since then. But I hope. Oh, I put the wrong thing down there. I hope that uh, that they do. I hope they let Sanity win because they need it. You know, again, I've never been the biggest Eric Young fan. It sounds like um, Nikki Cross might be coming up pretty soon. And that she's going to be joining be cool. Sanity. You know, I don't know if she comes in during this match and and uh, does something to, to cost the new day. You know, if it's a tables match, she could interfere. She could push somebody off a, right, a yeah. turnbuckle or something. Or... So, that would be good to see. Um, with rumors of her coming up, yeah, I'm going Sanity also. It's a pre-show, it doesn't matter. I'll probably actually watch the (laughs) pre-show. I will, because I want to see the packages, you know? And because this should be I figured the other tag team match was going to be the pre-show match, the Leaders of Worlds versus the B-Team. That seems like something you'd want to keep off the pay-per-view, but... Yeah. So next up, and again, I'm going just off of uh, WWE's website... The cage match with Braun Strowman and Kevin Owens. They could start the show with this if they wanted something big and crazy, but I just don't see them putting Braun as a curtain jerker. But you never know. I think it would be a really good way to start the show, so if you can, you know, capitalize on that every step of the way, go for it. But I don't I don't know. And that, that also means that they can't uh, steal the show, or you don't want them to. Right. Well, I, I think still... this one is uh pretty simple. It's simple and plain, man. They're not gonna have Strowman lose a cage match. <laughs> not the way they've built him up. Well, what if the Sami Zayn being injured thing is just a work? I don't know, man. You think every time somebody's injured, it's a work? <laughs> <laughs> and Kevin Owens 
Baron Corbin have uh, kind of been friendly lately. Like he's in a match supposedly right after this one. Wow. Yeah. Ooh. You never know. He could be the new. I'm gonna uh, go Braun. Braun. Yeah. Ke Kevin Owens could or um, Baron Corbin be the new person that Kevin Owens uses. You know, he likes to get friends and use them, whether it's Chris Jericho, Sami Zayn, or Baron Corbin. See, and what I want to see is a storyline where Kevin thinks he's using Corbin, but Corbin's really using Kevin. Because from everything I've seen, Corbin seems to be getting the push he always deserved now that he cut his hair. So... He cut his hair? He doesn't have the, uh... What do you do to his hair? Is it shaved now? Corbin has no hair. Well, he's yeah, bald. I suppose Vince didn't like that uh, receding hairline, so I didn't know he was that bald. That man was the one he, who shaved his head. I wonder what he looks like. Was it a, like a match stipulation? Did that happen on on? Uh... No, no, no. It was just the WWE.com thing. Huh. Neat. I now that's one I didn't even hear about. I'll have to try to look up a picture. But I think you see, right I now. think like Stephanie gave him a talking, and he's and she's like, oh. The whole reason you haven't been pushed is because your hair keeps pushing us back. <laughs> if you cut off your hair, we'll give you sizzle. Authority you know, is he wrestles in us and everything. But you might as well just let him go. That's not he's definitely not getting the push you want him to get. Then, who's ever been in that role ever went anywhere, ever. If he's the corporate stooge, he's going down. I don't know. I don't know. The not having hair thing helps to separate him from Elias a little bit. We do know that. I think will do good things for his I career. mean, nowadays everybody has the long hair, so it's different to have shaved head. And, I mean, Vince McMahon allegedly always wanted to cover up Hogan's head one way or the other and wanted to cover up uh, Macho's head one way or the other because he thought receding hairlines made him look old. You know? So I, I can <laughs> definitely see him having a problem with that. Um, I wish Vince had a receding hairline. You know, speaking of, since we're talking about Baron Corbin so much, Vince has a strong head. Of, Vince would not let his hair recede. I'm sure he has. His hair has tried to recede, and Vince fucking talks it into place. He's like, listen here, pal. You're not going to recede on my noise. head. <laughs> my hair stays up here where it belongs, just like I don't sneeze, and I don't get sick. I will my hair into existence. That and chocolate titties. You know. Um. <laughs> no, I, I believe, I mean, they say he, he, he can't get sick and he can't sneeze. I believe his hair can't recede. Because... I don't <coughs> think it would. Talking so much about Corbin, no, let's just move on to... To uh, the mismatch of the century, we got Finn Balor versus Constable Corbin. I don't know what happened to bring these guys here. Is Finn now being do. held down I by do. the authority? Baron Corbin's been making fun of Finn Balor for being small. They still have a whole bunch of big cast 
promos that they have written and ready that they're pushing out through this. I'm just gonna say, what is Corbin That's like? Exactly 20 what it pounds is. That's what this whole thing is. This Corbin's is... 20 pounds bigger than Balor. Is about it. <laughs> Fuck. He's not the biggest guy in the world. Yeah. This is this is big cast Daniel Bryan fought on Raw. That's funny. These writers are like, no, this is some of my best work ever. Come on, don't throw it away. Just just move it to Raw. Give it to somebody. <laughs> Nobody will notice. You're just a little man. That only works when you have a fucking giant on the other side, man. Corbin's not a small guy, but in the wrestling world, he's not a big guy. Yeah. What the flunk, man? What the flunk? So I don't know. And in the case of this match, I'm siding with the constable. Okay, I'm gonna count, I'm gonna side with the Balor. I'll let the little guy take a win on this one. Um, with uh, with the fact that they seem to be using Big Cass Daniel Bryan's story, I think this is where Cass gets a win. <laughs> this is Big Cass's win that Corbin's taking, huh? Poor guy. Yep. Poor guy. <laughs> He was just about to win. Oh. So, we have four and, and matches. Hey, let me point this out as I go through this list of matches. Hey, man, point. Point and click. I'm noticing that uh, 205 Live doesn't make a single appearance. Those guys are little. They're not extreme. We can't have <laughs> cruiserweights on an extreme rules match. That's that's my guess. That's my guess. Could be wrong, but that's my guess. Uh... Yeah. So I guess I'm really super excited for this next match. Four like, matches in, and we probably got way more than I should be. Four matches in, we got two, two extreme stipulations and two regular matches. So. Uh, this one is for the Raw Tag Titles. It is a regular match. Well, a regular tag match for the tag titles, but it's not a If you call match. brother versus brother for the first time ever, that is a regular that, match. That is true. That is true. We get to see the uh, two Rotundo boys go at it. The Deleters of World, Woken Matt and Broken Bray, take on the B-Team, of Heath Slater and Bo Dallas, not Heath Slater. Oh, Curtis Axel. Curtis Axel. Yeah. The Miztourage. Which, to be fair, is another uh, um, third generation guy. So they both yeah. got the talent. They both got the talent, and I'm happy that WWE seems to be pushing them. But it seems like, and again, not following storylines, but it seems like WWE is now back to where they were. In the uh, 90s, late 90s, early 2000s, where tag teams just don't mean anything. And some of the, you know, their biggest tag teams right now, look at the raw tag titles. They're the Deleters of World, two guys who just aren't getting over on the main audience and are singles guys, basically, taking on basically two stooges. Well, that's why we don't watch WWE for tag teams. We'll get into that a little bit more later when we... Discuss Ring of Honor's best in the world. Best in the world. 
Um, you know, I... I don't know. You want to... I know what I'm thinking about this one. I'm thinking... I'm thinking... I'll let you go first last time. I'll go first this time. I'm thinking the Leaders of Worlds keeps it. I don't think they're... I don't think they're going anywhere with the titles. Um, I think this could assert, but not be the point where Bo Dallas ends up joining the Woken universe. I want to see Bo Dallas in there. I want to see him transformed in the Lake of Rejuvenation. Fuck Curtis Axel, too. Bring them both. But, yeah, 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 I'd be okay with both of them. But I, I could see Bo for sure. I just hope they don't they don't need to bring them backwards to, to guys they used to be, but they should change their, their image completely. You know, do a overhaul. You should make them into IRS. No. <laughs> no, you and shouldn't. Curtis Axel can be Mr. Almost Perfect. The tax, evasion, the tax Evader and Mr. Unperfect. Mr. <laughs> Imperfect. But I'm, I'm going the leaders of worlds. Where, where are you going with this, Pasty? Where do you see the feud feuding off? I, don't, uh, I haven't been watching, man. I haven't been watching. I know it makes this fun, doesn't Tough. it? It's like a roll um, of the die. I'm going to go with the other side, I think. Just for shits and giggles, I'm going with the B team. Break on down to the other side. B side. Yowed it. All right, moving right All along. Right. We got probably the most mismatched match in this miss. Yeah, that works. SmackDown women's title. Carmella coming in as champion, defending her title against Asuka. I mean, I know what I think is going to happen. And, uh... I don't know. What do you think, Pasty? Hmm. He's at a loss for words, Do me a favor and cut your video. Oh. I didn't know it was on. Really sad I didn't get to watch James Big Hog versus Asuka on SmackDown. Did you ever hear what happened on that? No. Me neither. <laughs> I wasn't near as excited for it as you were, but I have a feeling it. Yeah, didn't I'm gonna go happen. with Carmella as well. Oscar's not gonna take it right now. It's sad. I don't know what they plan on doing with Oscar. I hope this is a long-term thing that works out to make Oscar really a big-time player, but. They're doing. They are doing a good job making Carmella a big time player. You know, it makes me wonder if the rumors. Why did you of... put Oscar? I said Carmella. You oh. say Oscar in my place. You're wrong, sir. I um, makes you almost wonder if the rumors about John Cena and Carmella fucking ain't true. The way she's been pushed to the moon. I could see it. Man, how great is that for James Ellsworth? The entire time he's in WWE, she's with Big Cass. Then he comes back to WWE and she's fucking John Cena. 
When's he get his turn? He's putting in all the, the work. He's putting in the work. The guys are getting the pay. It makes sense, too, that John Cena got cast fired. <laughs> get him out of here. I'm going to fuck Carmella. <laughs> you know. There you go. John Cena is the reason Big, Big Cass, Cass really got done. fired. Yep, it's all Cena. I want to bang his woman this week. Big Cass's? Yeah, that's that's John Cena saying that. Oh, oh, oh. oh I want to bang Big Cass's woman this week. Yep, she's gone. Get him out of here. Oh, moving along. We're six matches in. We've got three stipulation matches and three we regular call him matches. Big Snatch John. Big Snatch John. Is that because he's got a big pussy or what? Christina's a big pussy. Call him Big Snatch. Oh, stipulation match. Pasty. Extreme Rules. Raw Women's Title. The two former BFFs, Alexa Bliss, coming in as champ, taking on Nia Jax. Nia Jax is the champ, not Alexa Bliss. Ain't she? No, or... Bliss no, no, cashed Bliss is... in. Yeah, yeah, never mind. Yep, Bliss. Fuck, that's what happens when you don't watch forever. Uh, Bliss is the champ. Nia's the chump. Um, you know, in the news section, we're going to hear a little bit about what may be going on behind the scenes. But let's talk about in front of the cameras here, Paste. What do you got here on front of the cameras? All right. I think Bliss keeps it. I don't think she can take it to give it back. Yep. I don't mean to follow along, but I don't see Jax winning it back right now. I think... My my girl, my little Miss Bliss, she's keeping it. She's the goddess. And again, yeah, she cashed in for a reason. This is storyline. She's going to hold it for a while. And I, I don't think, not, especially if there is, if there is real life friction going on behind the scenes, WWE is going to side with Alexa, not, not Nia. Whether that's good, bad, or what. And I don't think that helps Nia's case at all. So I think I think Bliss keeps it, and I don't think Nia wins it back. Um, Storyline could differ. I don't know what they're doing, but I don't think Jax is going to be the one to take it from Bliss. I think she had her time. She lost her time. We're both blissful, you and I. Yes. <coughs> Up next is a match that... Yeah, no, Nia Jax. Oh. I just don't think Nia Jax was the experiment or was what they had thought she was when they conducted this experiment originally. No, and I don't Ugh. know if that's her fault or if that's the writing's fault. Or it could be a little of both. I don't know. Um, definitely yeah. wasn't Alexa's fault. Alexa did everything she could to sell that feud. But I agree. It didn't go the way they wanted it to go. Well, the problem is, is when you're a Samoan, they want you to cut a promo like The Rock, and The Rock didn't do it because he was Samoan. The Rock did it because he was a fucking enigma. Yeah. Yeah, you know, they gotta quit with this. Ever since The Rock, it's he's kind of, I hate to say it, he's fucked the Samoans. Because yeah. they, they keep trying to make them, 
whether it's the Usos, whether it's Roman Reigns, or like Nia Jax now too. They're trying to make them what they're not. And, you know, Samoans have traditionally done really good as heelish, just powerhouses, you know. Nia could have been that if they'd have brought her in like that. That would have been great. The Usos, mm-hmm. they could have brought in like that. Roman Reigns would have done much better. As as a non-talker who just fucking beat people's asses, he'd have fucking, he'd have won everybody over by now. And if you would have let that blossom naturally, he'd be your top guy right now. He could be your top babyface right now if you would have started him off that way, yep. Mm-hmm. But The Rock really fucked it for all the Samoans going forward. You know, Samoa Joe's the only one that they kind of done that traditional Samoan route to, and of course he's not in the Anawai family. So I suppose right, Vince, right. Vince doesn't even consider him Samoan. Why do they always call him Samoa Joe? What's with that? He likes Isn't... them Samoa cookies, doesn't he? Look at that belly. <laughs> right? Is that a Girl Scout thing or what? Them crazy Californians. What do you mean he used to be John Cena's greatest rival? I never had a match between him and Cena. What? John Cena never wrestled before WWE. Just check the network. (laughs) I birthed him from my own chocolate titties. I can't wait for a Uh. good John Cena Samoa Joe feud. Those two came up together. Those two owned the fucking West Coast, man. Those two guys, they they could have a great feud together. I would love to see when Cena returns for a Samoa Joe Cena feud. <laughs> oh yeah, it's not happening. you bubble fat Mac, but John Cena's coming back at SummerSlam for a rematch with the Undertaker. With the Undertaker, yeah, I know, I've heard that <laughs> shit too. The match nobody wants to see anymore. <laughs> Uh, I just hope it's a little bit longer this time. Fuck. It's ridiculous. They wasted a good match, and now nobody wants to see it. I still want to see Kane and Undertaker, though. One last ride. It'd be great. It'd be great when, uh, at the end of Kane... I don't know how long of a term the mayor of Knox County gets, but I would love to see at the end of Kane's term, like before he leaves his last, like a uh, uh, speech, whatever you call it, a departing speech or whatever. At the very end, Mark Calloway comes out dressed up like the undertaker and just fucking last rides him off the stage through some setup tables and shit. <laughs> <laughs> that would just be awesome. <laughs> Especially if he was wearing like the shirt of whoever's taken, taken the place. Of, of Governor, of Mayor Kane. Yeah. The, yeah. the Republican shirt on or the Democratic shirt on and just... By the way, folks, Knox County early voting starts tomorrow. Woo-hoo! Get you some Mayor Kane. Boy, and it seems like just five years ago that we started talking about this. Boy, how time flies. <laughs> 
69 uh, episodes in. The campaign in. built entirely on wrestling <laughs> and very little politics. Yeah, 69 episodes in. I yeah. think we were talking about this on the third or fourth episode, man. It's fucking <laughs> ridiculous. These guys campaign longer than the it. presidents. Oh. So now the match everybody would have loved to see five years ago, and now I don't know that anybody anybody's excited for. U.S. title match. Nero Hardy takes on Shinsuke Nakamura. Nutcracker, if you will. Yeah. Is he still, uh, still low-blowing people now that he's on to Jeff Hardy? Do you know about that or not? Well, kind of. Um kind of know or he kind of he had his match with aj styles on smackdown this week and rusev was at ringside and rusev ended up interfering um yeah and helping nakamura beat up aj no 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 he was helping nakamura beat up aj and jeff hardy came down and jeff hardy went to the top rope and Nakamura shook the ropes and crotched Jeff Hardy. They had like a short tag team match after the interference happened. So I wonder if this is the the genesis of this match or if there were actually a feud before and that's why Jeff Hardy came down. Because that seems like a really thin premise to have a title match on. I mean, they've well, I'm had sure Jeff on... is knowing that he's... I'm pretty sure Jeff's known that he's fighting Shinsuke for the championship since the week after the last pay-per-view. I think so it was did, the following SmackDown. Wasn't there, like a, wasn't there a U.S. Open title thing, and that's how Jeff Hardy got the title? Wasn't it the U.S. Open Challenge or whatever? Who had it before Jeff? I'm trying to think. Mm, no, 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 no. That's how Ziggler got the title. That's okay, well, how the fuck did Jeff get it? Jeff got the title by beating Jinder Mahal. That wasn't the pay-per-view, was it? No, that was when he came over to SmackDown and Jinder went to Raw. That was way oh, back then. Oh, it's been then. that long ago? Jeff has had the U.S. title? Yeah. yeah. Look, I thought, wasn't he out injured or something? I thought he wasn't around on TV. Maybe I'm making shit up. I don't remember him doing anything for a long time. So, there you go. You can see how much I give a fuck about this match. Before we move on to that, though, I do recommend, Pasty, I don't know if you've seen it or not, but to anybody listening to this, I recommend on the WWE Network, the WWE 24 special on the Hardys. Um, Hardys, Woken Brilliance or something like that. But it's basically about their um their battles with their their personal demons with drug addiction and and shit like that really nice. deep it's really they're really open about it they even uh show a clip when they were recording a interview for one of the Hardy Boys DVDs they show a clip where they're interviewing Matt Hardy and he actually ends up nodding off during the fucking interview cuz he's so fucking high they're talking to him, and he's talking. Then he starts slurring, and then his head just slumps down. And the interviewer is quiet for a while, and then he's like, Matt, Matt, and Matt's just fucking passed out. It's really scary. They show some Holy of the home shit. movies. They actually show one. Um, so Matt was on pills too, like Jeff then? Oh, Matt was just as bad as Jeff, yeah. Jeff got sober before Matt, and then Matt. once Matt got clean 
Um, he he's seen the seven deities. That's kind of that's kind of what he says. It's kind of a life saving thing. He kind of really means okay. a lot of what he says. But they show another clip, and I don't know if it was for the same DVD or what. But it's the Hardy Boys and um, Jeff's girlfriend at the time. They're walking at the Hardy compound, and you can just barely hear it. But Jeff is like, "Yeah, man, I was really having a rough one, and I took a couple of yours." I'm really glad I took them. And then Matt's like, not a problem. I owe you a few of them anyways, buddy. And then his girlfriend's like, shh, they got a mic. And they're like, oh. <laughs> like they have. So they, they really, they have some really deep fucking uh, shit on there. And Matt and Jeff both open up about it. The big show's on there talking about how he was fearful for Matt's life. And Sting is on there talking about the victory road. Um, 2011 match where Jeff Hardy was fucked up in TNA. Eric Bischoff is on there talking about it because he was the one kind of running the show. It was, it's a really good one. It's WWE 24 um, Hardy Boys or Hardys. It's a really, really good one. It's only, I think, it's I think it's one of those 45 minute things. It's an easy watch. It goes by quickly. Nice. Yeah, I'll definitely be checking that out. I did watch one the Bruce Pritchard something else to wrestle podcast on the network. Can't remember which one it was. I think it was just the one where they were discussing the Attitude Era. They don't have one of them. It was the one... Fuck. It was multiple years. They did one on the Rock. Uh, they had talked about... They talked about, like, The Undertaker as the American Badass. And they oh, they about... were talking... Okay, that was... It was about the, the American Badass, Undertaker. That's what the other okay, one was. Okay, yeah, there we go. American Badass That's and Big the one Eagle. I was like, yeah, I should yeah. probably watch that. That's your guy, yep. the American Badass Undertaker. Yes, yes. Yeah. It the was good. One, I figure if on... the topic hits me the right way, I'll probably watch more. Right? Well, their last one is this Wednesday. Actually, tonight. And it's uh, CM Punk. And that's their last Their season. last one? For this season. They yeah, want to get yeah. renewed. It's not up to them. And they're going out upon that yep. way to get renewed. They stepped on a lot of toes, man. They stepped on a lot of toes. <laughs> yep. Well, you know they were trying to step on toes when they tried to do the CM Punk one during the CM Punk um, lawsuit. Then they did the ECW one where they demanded, where WWE tried to cut out all CM Punk stuff, and they said, nope, we won't let you air it if you cut out the CM Punk stuff. So they did that. Then they did a, an episode that was all about AJ Styles in TNA because that's the only time Bruce Pritchard ever worked with AJ Styles. So they did a whole episode on TNA with AJ Styles in TNA. But yeah, they're, they're, they're trying to, they're like, I think their whole thing is, you know what? We got this many episodes. If we only get one season, we're going to piss everybody off. And if they get us for another one, it's going to be because people talked about us, you know? I guess that's the way to do it. Mm-hmm. When you make that's that much money. That's a smart money. way to be. Put Vince in a corner. Nobody puts Vince in a corner. <laughs> I was just going to say that. That's perfect. Oh. What were we talking about? Shinsuke Nakamura and Jeff Hardy. <laughs> what do you think, White of Paste? Uh... <laughs> Mm. I, I know who I'm picking for this one easily. <laughs> uh, I 
need a coin flip. I need a coin flip. I need. Go online. Consult Google. Coinflip.com. It's the only place I can find a coin. (laughs) Just go to Google and put in coin flip. Because this one, I don't know, man. I put in CEO and CowboysForAngels.com comes up. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's fucking awesome. I was thinking about that the other day. I was watching an old WCW Nitro. And Buff Bagwell was out there with Scott Norton, and I was like, fucking Cowboys for Angels, man. <laughs> Damn it. You pick whose heads and whose tails. Um, okay, I'm going to pick. Uh, I'll just go in order. Jeff Hardy's heads and Shinsuke Nakamura's tails, because Shinsuke goes low. Shinsuke Nakamura is my pick. Uh, don't fail me now, Google. You know what pisses me off, and I don't know if he's still doing it now, but when I quit watching WWE, he was doing it. Michael Cole calling Shinsuke Shin. That just does not. (laughs) Shin, come out! Shin's going for the low blow. Oh, look at there's Shin with good vibrations. Shut the fuck up! I don't like the name. I wish JBL was around because he'd call him Shitstain. He would. He would. Don't don't say I hope wish JBL was around because with all the people they've been bringing back, he could be next, man. I'd be okay with it. Uh. He's better than Byron. Speaking of Byron, you've been oh keeping up on the Wrestle Talk storyline. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a quite a quite a Byron Saxton mask. <laughs> I love how he's. He's doing the Wrestle Talk fucking special with El Fakador and doesn't realize that it's not fucking Ollie. <laughs> <laughs> or Luke Owen, I should say. Luke Owen. Yeah. No, Ollie. It's it is stuff. Ollie, right? It's probably to help out Cultaholic because I think they need some fucking help. They're both trying to help each other out, I think. And they could both use it. They're both getting a. Uh, what culture? I think Cultaholic thought at, at what culture? They used the wrong Adam. The real, well, the they, real they Byron Saxton should have been. Oh come on! I I think they you can, can, but they don't. Think Enough they can. time has passed. No, I I, I think so. I agree a hundred percent. Just like I think Hogan should be welcomed back, but especially in something as simple as a fucking YouTube channel, you know. Yeah. But Blumpy. They need Blumpy back. Bring Blumpy back. Yes, they do. Bring Blumpy back. I think that would have been perfect. Have him be Byron Saxton and and be the delegate for the company. That's the way to get him. I love that there's there no there's still no shortage of atoms in fucking all of this shit, cultaholic and and what what's up with Adam and Brit Britons and wrestling fans? Like, what culture has I think four Adams? There's still an Adam, one or two Adams in cultaholic, and I think there's an Adam on Wrestle Talk mm. now. That's a lot of Adams. There's something about British wrestling fans. 
Were they all uh, gentleman Chris Adams fans? Did they grow up? Their parents were gentleman Chris Adams fans. <coughs> I don't know what the fuck, man. A lot of Adams. I, I mean, I guess it takes. Should a lot have of an Adams Adam match. It takes a, a lot of Adams. Only to one Adam survives. The rest have to change their name. <laughs> you know, Adam Pachiti would win that by cheating. He's a dirty fucking guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up sadly I think you're right Pasty there's less than 50% gimmick matches because this is our last gimmick match and now we're 4 at 8 so into so the main far, event and no gimmick matches gimmicks. after this <laughs> I guess they think <sighs> that they're going to sell themselves but they don't not when you look at these matches the last 3 on our list do not sell themselves 1 maybe 1 not the one you're thinking folks but this one I am super interested in. 30-minute Iron Man match for the Intercontinental title. Dolph Ziggler coming in, defending his championship against Seth Rollins. I love Iron God. Man matches. Talk about... Um, fucking... Could you pick two better guys to have a 30-minute match? I mean, you probably could, I but mean, the more you, put, you think about it, the more perfect these two are for it. Yeah, Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles, and Finn Balor are about the only other three that come to mind. Um, but these two are going to put on one hell of a match. No, this will be good for... Oh, yeah. This will be good for Seth Rollins, and this will be real good for Dolph Ziggler. I only wish... I I understand how... I understand. 100% as a business model, I understand why it's hard for a company to put on a 60-minute Iron Man match. I know how it's hard for most fans to even want to watch a 60-minute Iron Man match. But, man, when I have an Iron Man match, I want 60 minutes worth of action. But I'll take mm-hmm. this 30-minute Iron Man match. I'll take it. I'll accept it. Oh, there's a news note that I have to put in here. I mean, even in the WWE bubble, it almost seems wrong to give two guys 30 minutes when there could be so many other people on the card. But that's just the WWE bubble. True. True. You know, a while back, quite a while back, quite a few years ago, one of my best, one of the best matches I watched. It was over two hours, over two hours, folks. Although, it was like a, um, was it an eight-man elimination? tag match. It was in Ring of Honor. I don't even remember what it was. But for two hours, that one match kept your attention the whole time. Mm. God, it was awesome. Now, again, it was like an eight-person elimination-style tag match. So two teams of four, and it was elimination. So you'd eliminate people as they go. So it wasn't just two people wrestling for two hours. But still, two hours is intense to be in a ring. Even if you have resting time. So in the grand scheme of things, actually, on I should state here, on Raw, supposedly, Seth Rollins had a match with, uh, what's Dolph's guy's name? Um, oh, with uh, Drew McIntyre. Yeah, Drew McIntyre. And if Drew lost, he was banned from ringside at the pay-per-view. I'm not sure how that match went. So... I'm going to guess that Drew lost. I'm going to guess Drew won't be ringside. 
And I'm going to guess that Ziggler wins it and uses that as a uh, uh, a nagging point, uh, a talking point, a proving point. A point. You're for the zigzag as well. Zigzag, I'm right there with you, brother. Plus a lot of zigzag zig. You too? Yes. Yes. But, again, this is the match where... This is the, the match where it's obligatory for Pasty and I to say the real winners are the fans. Yes. Up next, SmackDown Tag Titles. The Bludgeon Brothers versus Team Hell No. I'm still high on the Bludgeon Brothers, but Team Hell No is two guys they don't know what to do with. <laughs> and two guys that there's a good chance by next year might not be in the company. Yep. I'm going with Team Hell No here. I just think Hell them no. being a returning tag team involving Daniel Bryan and Kane, they're automatically going to overshadow the Bludgeon Brothers no matter how good they're doing. I, it's electric. Wooden, I disagree. Wooden. I think they're already going to have uh, communication problems. I don't know. Again, leading up to this, I don't know if they've already had a, had communication problems yet or not. Um, no. I'd be okay if they brought back the um, anger management segments, but only shortly. And maybe only WWE.com exclusives. Something <laughs> like that. But those things were some of the best stuff when Team Helno was around. Um, that was gold, but I think uh, I think infighting is going to get the best. I came of back them. into wrestling right on the tail end of Team Hell No. <laughs> I think that's going so to be their downfall. I think the brothers of Bludgeon. I think this is a good way for them to solidify their status as BA by beating Kane. Another big monster. I suppose now that they know what to do with Big Cass's storyline with Daniel, they can probably set Daniel to do something else now. Right? <laughs> but yeah, I'm saying Team Hell no Still. I have, um, I have Still. rumors, and these are very flimsy rumors. Just talk, and I'm not basing my judgment on this. But there has been talks... That WWE does not want to push Brian too much until he re-signs, and that's one of the reasons they haven't done much with him. I don't really put much validity into that. I think WWE isn't that worried about him leaving that. I mean, even right now, as big as he is, he's not even their top five guy. Right. You got Brock, AJ Styles, Seth Rollins, um... Rock, AJ Styles, Seth uh, Roman Reigns, and probably Braun Strowman, yeah, as your top five, I would say. And Undertaker, even though he's a part-timer, you got to throw him in there. So there's six guys that are easily... Shit, has D-Bry ever faced off with Tiki Taker? No, and we don't need to see that shit. We do. No, we don't. You know what I want to see? Hulk Hogan tried for five minutes to start Undertaker's motorcycle again. <laughs> that was so sad. And it's, you know, it's really bad because 
Hulk Hogan is a big bike guy, so it's not like he doesn't even know how to ride a motorcycle. <laughs> it was just, that was such a perfect storm. Hulk Hogan just. It would have been so great if Taker would have went down and, like, started threw him right off away. the bike and started it and then walked back up the ramp. Right? <laughs> I love the fact that they drug Hogan behind the fucking motorcycle at three miles an hour <laughs> into a pile of cardboard boxes. I, I mean, I ain't going to lie. Even back then, at his age, that is impressive for him to allow somebody to drag him behind a motorcycle. On carpet. Yeah. I would be out as soon as they said, yeah, it's going to be in a carpeted hallway. Nope. Fuck yourself. <laughs> I don't care how Give many jackets you put on me. Floor. Yep, I don't care how many fucking jackets you put on me. I'm not doing that carpet shit. Fuck you. <laughs> no, that isn't. You got to give him credit for for all the times people say that he wouldn't sell for people, man. He put over Goldberg. He put over Billy Kidman, of all people. He put over fucking uh, Triple H. He put over The Rock. He put over Undertaker. Hogan would put people over. Hogan was just smart enough to only put people over when it made sense for his character and didn't hurt his credibility. Which nowadays, nobody has the power to do that except for Brock. And Brock's the only person who seems untouchable in the company, right? Yeah. So, you know, it's kind of not a bad thing. Not a bad thing. Braun, Braun is probably the only other untouchable person. Good talk. Good time. Yes. All right, next up, Booby and Rumi going at it. Roman Reigns versus Bobby Lashley. Um, from what I hear, Roman Reigns is going to have the Anawai family ringside, and Bobby Lashley is going to have all his sisters at ringside. The sisters that were already on WWE, courtesy of Sami Zayn. Yep, those sisters. Sweet. Hey, they're gender neutral, okay? Yeah, I don't know what happened in the storyline, but it gave them enough grounds to have uh, the whole locker room needs to hold these two guys apart. Well, wasn't Bobby a face when he came in? When did he turn heel? I don't... I think, like I said, or I don't know if I said it, but what I heard is Vince is really trying to sneakily turn Roman Reigns into a cool heel. So he that people will actually it. cheer him. But he's been trying to do that for a while, and it just hasn't worked. Yeah, well, I don't know. but... I mean, I don't know. You listen to the Triple H interviews, and he's like, Roman is a heel. Why does everybody say we should turn him heel? Uh, he's not a fucking heel, dude. <laughs> I, just because he's getting booed doesn't make him a heel. It makes him a bad face. Uh, Roman needs to turn heel the same way Rock did. He, they don't even sneakily need to do it. He needs to outright do it. What Roman Reigns needs to do I think that, is fucking low-blow Daniel Bryan. He I think Vince's fucking... biggest worry is that he's going to turn Roman Reigns heel, but he's going to turn up the heel knob too much so people still boo. They should boo. <laughs> and he doesn't want that. I so know. he's trying to get that good media. He wants him to be Stone Cold Steve Austin. And Stone Cold Steve Austin, he yeah. is not. He's not even The Rock, and at least The Rock was smart enough to want to be a heel. You know? 
When The Rock was a heel, he was a heel. When The Rock was a face, he was a face. Um, he was much better as a heel, but he could do the face. Whereas Stone Cold Steve Austin, when he was a heel, he was a horrible heel. He sucked at being a heel. When he was a face, he was one of those rare faces that was very heelish. You know? You look at Hogan. When Hogan was a face, he was a face. When he was a heel, he was a heel. He did everything heelish. He got over. You know, he definitely got over as a heel. But he he got the fans behind him. And that was that was great, you know. So he it, there's a difference. There's a difference between being a heel that people cheer and be in a face that people boo. Mm-hmm. I think. I think. It's much better to be a heel people cheer. I mean, in all, in general, it's much better to be a, a heel that people don't cheer. I mean, really. Your job as a heel is for people to not to cheer. It's, it's hard. The Miz is starting to lose people. Kevin Owens was losing people, but he got that back. Champa now. I mean, we talked about this the last few times. Champa's losing that. But, yeah, I mean... Yeah, it just, just, just make him an all-out heel. That's what you do. You make Roman an all-out heel. Or you keep him as a face. It's not going to be any worse. But what do I know? I've never owned yeah. a multi-billion dollar wrestling business. I have once. All right, Ted Turner. I'm glad to know that. Um, it was good times so I don't don't even know where to guess on here other than to say I'm thinking I'm thinking they weren't doing anything with Bobby Lashley but I'm going to go out on a limb and say I'm going to say I'm not going to go with your logic and I'm going to say Vince is still trying to make him a sympathetic face and Bobby Lashley is going to win. So I'm going to go Lashley against mm. all my better fucking judgment. Um I think Bobby You has know make game. you know what stipulation would make this match fantastic? Judy Bagwell on a pole. Exactly. No. Vince McMahon and Roman Reigns corner and Donald Trump and Bobby Lashley's corner. They could make it a hair versus hair match. <laughs> and if they shave Roman's head it's gotta go on to Bobby Lashley that's how no, it goes they're gonna put it on fucking Baron Corbin <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna fucking locks of love him <laughs> ooh Baron I I hate to say it, but I think we made a mistake. How about we... We can't give you your hair back. We incinerated that moments after we cut it off your head. But we are coming into some Roman Reigns territory. Vince, what the fuck's the matter with Baron Corbin's hair? It's receding! 
He's bald. It's disgusting. Well, what do you want us to do? Shave it off. But you said you don't want him bald. <laughs> but we'll have a hair match. And Roman will lose his hair. And then Corbin can have that beautiful, luscious, Samoan hair. <laughs> and oh, some good. chocolate titties. <laughs> Yep, somebody said, who's the hair Bobby matching? Lashley's tits. Yep, who's the hair matching against? <laughs> Bobby Lashley. Why? Because he's got those chocolate titties. <laughs> Corbin comes up next week with Roman's hair and Bobby's titties. <laughs> That's fucking great. He can be the Frankenstein's monster. I love it. Book this shit. Oh, all right. What do you what do you think, Pacey? Is it Reigns or is it Lashley? <laughs> I think Roman's still Vince's boy, and I think he wins. That's pretty, <coughs> that's a pretty safe bet. I'll give you that. All right. Mm-hmm. Final match of the night doesn't even have a fucking Ooh. stipulation. Not only that, I mean, except for the fact that it's Rusev Day. I had heard the day before the pay-per-view was Rusev Day. I thought they just missed it by a day. I thought the day before is going to be Rusev Day. Fuck. Wait, let me check my calendar. Okay. Nope, this Sunday, July 15th, is Pasty Witt's birthday, and it falls on (laughs) Rusev Day. I forgot the day after Rusev Day is Rusev Day. Um, this, this one again, I, I haven't been watching, but before I started watching AJ and Nakamura were feuding, so I don't know where the Rusev thing comes from. I don't know where it's going. What, where, where, so this one, I know what I'm picking, but I don't have a good idea. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know what's going on here. Storyline wise. Other than Vince decided that people were sick of seeing AJ Nakamura. And so he's like, get me another foreigner. Yep. And there's Rusev. I mean, I guess AJ is the down-home Southern American white. How great would it be if Rusev kicked AJ in the balls to DQ the match? That would be, I I would mark out. (laughs) I would definitely mark out for that. I would mark out so hard. <laughs> you know, hashtag up. beat up John Cena. That's old news. Now it's hashtag kick AJ's balls. I wonder what's going on with uh, Lana in English. I should look into that. I don't know. I hope they've been doing that story well. But then again, maybe, maybe that just holds off until like SummerSlam. Which would be our next pay-per-view. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I don't like the uh, Lana dancing gimmick. And I know a while back I did just see a, a video from a house show and Lana was still dancing. There was like a dance-off. It was Lana and somebody else in the ring. 
you know, she's not great at dancing, but I gotta give the woman her credit where credit is due. She's much better at dancing when they first slap the gimmick on her. She, she's. I've better. seen the before. I've seen the after. <sighs> There's some improvement. Yeah, I don't want to say much better. I'm. Just, I just want to say better. I she, she's better, better at dancing than Big Cass was at talking. Yeah, but they both. They probably both increased as much in their time. I, I don't know if what I said made sense grammatically. Grammatically. <laughs> grammari- I don't know what the fuck I'm saying anymore. <laughs> Who the fuck are you picking? <laughs> I'm the pusher. I, know who I'm I think it has to stay on AJ. And I'm not going to go with my heart because they're just going to break it. So I'm going to go the boring route so I can get a point. Because I've been losing my face. I'm with you. I'm picking All year. I've just been bad. I thought, you know what? Coming up here in our next thing, I thought you were kicking my ass as I watched it. And then as it went through and tallied, well, we'll we'll let the viewers find out as they listen. Yes. Our listening viewers. You're our listening viewers. Better than those viewing listeners. Them bastards. Yeah, those I can't stand them. Bastards. Dirty, rotten mongrels. We don't want your guidance around here, you viewing listeners. Listening viewers. So somehow or the other, I ended up around an elderly gentleman. And uh, he was talking about the twins. Uh, the Minnesota Twins baseball team. I should be more precise because we have listeners all over the world. <laughs> Um, he was what twin was he talking about? I know, right? Was he talking about Tia and Tamara? Did you see how BET fucking did Tamara? That's so <laughs> dirty. That's just so dirty. But that's not who we're talking about. We're talking about the Minnesota Twins from the M- MLB, Major League Baseball. And um, he was talking about how... Um, I, I don't follow baseball, so was, I was just like, so are, they in the running for the series or what? Like, no, no. He's like, they're down eight games. There's no way they're getting it. And I was like, yeah. So, you know, a lot of Minnesota's problem is they just don't invest enough money in their teams. All these other places invest money in their teams. And, you know, they, they do better than everybody in, in every sport. You know, I mean, who nine times out of ten, the people that spend the most money win the most championships. You can look at the Yankees in baseball. You can look at the Patriots in uh, football. And it goes down and down and down the line. And he goes right to me. Folks, this is not me. And I was taken a fucking back when he said it. He looked right at me and he said, Yeah, but those damn Jew owners ain't gonna let up on a penny. <laughs> it's like, holy <laughs> shit. God, it just, sometimes oh, it man. just blows my mind how fucking frank people can be about things sometimes. Oh, people say some of the damnedest shit to me where it's like, I don't know you. How are you comfortable saying these things? It's one thing if you're around right. people maybe you grew up with like that. Look at my nose. I could be Jewish. <laughs> yeah, right? I got a big fucking nose. You don't know. And I fucking <laughs> don't like to spend money. So, Fuck. And I'm in the entertainment business. I got three strikes against me right there. (laughs) I'm basically a Jew by fucking osmosis. Call me Mel Brooks Jr. 
I'm a Jew by occupation. Yeah. <laughs> I don't practice the religion, but by <laughs> occupation. You know, by lifestyle. <laughs> I lead a Jewish lifestyle. Hey, I'm fucking circumcised. There's the fourth one going. <laughs> I got snipped. What about the bagels? You love bagels. Oh, man, I got two. I, I literally have two different flavored bagels here right now. I got onion bagels and everything bagels. Yep, with some um, with some salmon cream cheese. Why you oh. got onion bagels if you got everything bagels? Everything bagels are onion bagels. Everything bagels have onion in them, but onion bagels don't have everything on them. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. With, with that uh, salmon cream cheese, that is my favorite cream cheese. Oh, I love the garden vegetable cream cheese. That's really good, too. With some roast beef and cheddar on a bagel, make a bagel sandwich. Oh, my goodness. Yep, yep, yep. Speaking of roast beef, do you know where the name Arby's came from, man? Uh, RB, roast beef? You would think so, but no. No? No. Okay. Enlighten me. There are two brothers that started it. And uh, their last name starts with an R. So it does stand for RB, their initials. But it's for the, I don't, what is it, Rockmeyer Brothers or something? <laughs> you know why they have a cowboy and the hat? Beef is just a bonus. You know why they have a cowboy hat for their fucking symbol, even though they don't serve Tex Mex food? Because they're cowboys. Because it's a fish jumping out of the water. They got fish either. No, they don't serve seafood. No, it's because they were originally um, their original store was called Big Tex, and it just served Ooh. it served roast beef, um, fries, and a soda for sixty nine cents. That's poignant 69. because it's our 69th episode. This is true shit I'm spitting to y'all. This is true. They started with That's one 69 business. Inception. Yep. Started with one business. It was like the Rockmeyer Brothers or something. RB. It, it, a lot of people think their la- the last per- the last name was RB. You know what I mean? But nope. And they yeah, and they have a fucking cowboy hat and it's not even a fucking Tex-Mex food, man, but they were big Tex was how they started out. They, they didn't start out in Texas. I think it started out in, like, fucking um, Arkansas or something. I swear to you folks, this is a pro wrestling podcast. Fucking swear to God. Hand to hand to Joe, this is a pro wrestling podcast. Oh, so we're done with the Extreme Rules. Ed, do you have any last words before... Well, I haven't been watching the product. I'm hoping for something good. I mean, it is my fucking birthday. That's the least they could do, right? Yeah, I, do. I owe you a hand job or something, man. Uh, I didn't even know your birthday was coming up. I need to put it in my phone. Yeah, bastard. You don't know my birthday. Oh, fuck off. I made you a birthday playlist, bitch. You did make me a birthday playlist. You still don't know my birthday. But I made you a birthday playlist. <laughs> it's more you, than you ever done. I made you come. That tops it. Or were you just faking? <laughs> I always fake. I'm okay with faking. It makes me Remember feel just better. Spit on the back. Yeah, it oh. makes me feel better. That's all I care about. You don't have to actually come. I just, I just want the satisfaction of hearing it. 
That's why I like squirters. I know every time. (laughs) Squirters, for the gay man who doesn't like sucking dick but still likes a load on their face. I need to make a shirt that says that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Speaking of squirters, we had a wet and wild one with Ring of Honor Best in the World. Yeah, it was juicy. I actually did my homework this week, guys. I deserve a pat on the back. I truly didn't expect you to do it. Uh, In all honesty, in all truthfulness, I did not expect you to do it. I did it. The problem is, like, I cannot watch wrestling. But then I hit a point where I haven't watched wrestling in so long, I feel like I'm losing myself. And you so I had to. Lose yourself in this wasn't the first time I watched. But I knew it had to be done for the show and for you guys so we could talk about an event two weeks after it happened. Yes. Just like we're going to next week when we discuss G1 right. Climax. <laughs> uh, Wait, you know what? God, it would have been awesome if we had the Climax during 69. Right? God damn it. Ahead. We weren't thinking ahead. Well, the Climax comes after 69, right? I, well, depending on how you go. I, I mean, mean, I if guess... You, if you get your Climax right away, it defeats the purpose. But listen... If it so, was if it was the best in the world, you'd get your climax. Ooh. Right, so this is the best 69 in the world, and next week the people will get their climax. Okay. Yeah. All right. Slow burn. Hope I'm... you guys don't get blue balls or bloveries. Bloveries. All right. So we had the six-man tag titles, Ring of Honor. This is their newest belt they have. It's been around six months or so. It's fairly new, though. We had the Kingdom defending their championships against Los Engelbernobles de Japón. If you don't know who the Kingdom is, it's Matt Taven, TKO Ryan, and Marcegalia. <laughs> and if you don't know who Los Ingobernobles is, it's Evil, Sonata, and Sonata. Yeah, not, not to be confused with the Hyundai Sonata. Different thing. <laughs> this, Spelled differently. It is. This match was okay. Um, yeah. Okay. Good way to start off the show. It was. It was a good opener Not that great. didn't overshadow the rest of the card, right? Yeah. And um, I love my dabbler nobblers. I just, you know what? Not only do I actually love, I, I love Bushi, I love Sonata, and fucking Evil. He's not the greatest in the ring, but I love his character. I love his look. So you, you can't. Go I want his character in WWE. As terrible as that is, to probably <laughs> wish upon him. No, it would be. It would still be good, man. It would still be good. But um, but out of all of those things, it's so bad. Like I think these days, I, I when I say I really want to see them in WWE because 
because they deserve God, they money. They do so much better where they're at. But uh, out of all of those things, the biggest thing I love about LA uh, LIJ is saying Los Ingerbanobles de Japón. De Japón. I gotta find out. I should do a Google uh, translate for Ingobernables. Ingobernables. Find out what the fuck it means. I know. I knew what it meant at one time. I don't know what it meant now. I'm pretty sure it's ingovernables. Actually, I think you're right. You might just be bullshitting, but I was think I think it that kind of. I, it's just off the cuff, but the me. word forming is there enough. Yeah. To say, yeah, it's probably the ingovernables of Japan. Like a gubernable uh, candidate is the, the governor. Yeah, gubernatorial. Governor. Yeah, so. Yeah. But anyways, they lost to the kingdom. I'm not a big kingdom fan. Um, ungovernable. Yep. Yep, there's your fact of the week, folks. There you go. Ungovernable. ungovernable. So they're the ungovernables of Japan. Yes. And their names in Espanol. And in AAA, they're just the ungovernables. It's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. Just like there's the Bullet Club in New Japan, there's the Elite in Ring of Honor. But then they kind of merged those lines after a while. Go figure. And now we don't know what the fuck is going on, folks. Yeah, that's that's. <sighs> there's more on that coming up, too. Uh, I, I don't really have much to say about this other than it was a decent match. You got anything? Pasty! Nothing really on the major end. I was just getting settled in. Wasn't 100% focused. You know how that goes. But it was a good match. I definitely don't dislike it or regret it in any way. No, it was, it was good stuff. It was... Stuff. Sorry, I'm trying. I'm trying to multitask, and I shouldn't do that when I exist. Multi. It's never good, man. It's just a, still doing, man. What? Uh... Anyways, uh, next up, this is Flip. Go oh, I guess we should say, um, Fat Mac picked the kingdom, and I didn't want to, but I did. Uh, Pacey White picked L.I.J. Makes sense. Surprisingly, L.I.J. Got lost. To. I thought I was losing Got this one, to. but I won this one. Um, and uh, Pasty is starting out with a, a one loss. Next one up is Flip Gordon versus Bully Ray. Both you and I said, you know, there's no way fucking little old Flip Gordon is taking out hardcore Calfzilla Bully Ray. Um, Ray lost. Not only did he lose, yeah. but he didn't get a lot of offense in. Flip Gordon no. stayed on him the whole fucking time. For a minute, it looked like Bully was getting his wind. For a minute. He got, I mean, yeah, he got a few moments where he, he was, uh, he took the lead, but they, they were few and far between, especially in a match versus somebody as small as him. It was crazy. Um, and and in fact, Ray probably would have lost if he didn't take the DQ fucking win or loss 
I mean, he lost, but he, he ended up uh, taking you by low-blowing Flip Gordon. Um, yeah. Oh, oh, I yeah. I do want to bring this up. Before that, Bully Ray did go for a Vader bomb in remembrance of Big Van Vader. Um, and that was that was really cool. Leon Leon White in remembrance of him. Mm-hmm. Got a huge Vader chant going, so everybody acknowledged that. So that was really cool. Um, and then after the match, Bully got a chair beat everlasting shit out of Flip Gordon. Until good old Cheeseburger <laughs> came out, made the tried to save, bully beat the shit out of him, right. and then we got good Colt God. Cabana coming out from the announce table, and Colt Cabana actually for the first in WWE. Which should be awesome. Some sort of a death match, match, street fight, oh, whatever. Fuck yeah! Fuck yeah! It's gonna be good shit. Mm-hmm. I think this match was worth it for that moment. Yeah. Um, like you said, it wasn't what I expected, and so in sight, I'm kind of disappointed in it. The end was good, though. And it was know, a good match. It just wasn't what I was hoping for. I'm not disappointed in it for the main fact that if you remember last week... I almost picked Flip Gordon because I said Bully Ray has been on record saying he didn't come to Ring of Honor to win matches. He came to Ring of Honor to put new talent over. And holy fuck, if Flip Gordon owning Bully Ray during most of this match doesn't put him over. Oh yeah, yeah. Flip Gordon definitely came up over. I think the match did what they wanted it to do, for sure. Not only Mm -hmm. did it put Flip Gordon over, but now it has created a storyline between two um, veterans that can make money in the next pay-per-view. And maybe we'll get other eyes on the pay-per-view that wouldn't watch it if those two weren't wrestling, but we'll see guys like Flip Gordon, and we'll see guys like uh, Marseglier, and see guys like Punishment Martinez, and see guys like Dalton Castle, who maybe they haven't seen before or wouldn't see. So I think... I think it does what it wanted to do, but definitely very different than I've seen happening. After that, we had to match. Uh, we weren't sure what to think of. It was the Stardom and Women of Honor match. We had faces and heels from both sides. We had uh, Sumi Sakai, Jenny Rose... Mayu Iwatani and Tanel Dashwood. With Jenny folks... Rose. Huh? With Jenny Rose. You did not say Jenny Rose. I said Sumi Sakai, Jenny Rose, Mayu Iwatani. I think you went. Did I skip Jenny? Donnie and Tanel Dashwood. Yes. Sorry, Jenny. I didn't mean to, Jenny. Yes. Um, and if, if anybody still doesn't know by now, Tennille Dashwood is the, the former Emma, the Australian sweetheart. Um, yep. they were the faces and they won against the heels of Kelly Klein, Hazuku Kagatsu, um, or Hazuki Kagatsu and Hannah Kimori. Um, Hannah Kimura is the, uh, God, I don't. 
I, I'm gonna I'm gonna seem horrible because I don't remember which woman was which. Um, Iwatani I know impressed me a lot, and I want to say Kagetsu on the other side. Oh, it's been it's been over a week now, <laughs> and I wasn't familiar with most of them coming into it, other than uh, Sumi and Tanel. Or Tennille, so I'm, I don't know. Um, all in all, this match was, I would say, as good as I expected. It was a very good match, especially for an eight person. And the fact that it had a lot of people I didn't know, it got me interested in a good chunk of them. Definitely not a, a five-star match, but I think it did what it yeah. was supposed to. Again, I think it did what it was supposed to by introducing these women to an audience who may not know them. Mm-hmm. This, this match is the match that got me to say, hmm, maybe I'll buy into the Honor Club. That's good shit. Do you have any names that you remember standing out that you've seen, or are you like me and kind of... Yeah, to know Dashwood. Well, yes, I, yeah, we know Emma. <laughs> Who, by the way, I don't think stole the show on this at all. No, she did, she did things, and then she congratulated Sumi when she got the pinfall. But I don't know. I don't really know any of these women. It was kind of hard for me to follow along with it. It was a match. Yeah, I yeah, look was... forward to seeing more women's wrestling outside of WWE bubble. And in comparison to a WWE multi women's match, this was fan fucking tastic. Yeah, um, Kagetsu is. Um, I did a little research in just a second here. She is the Stardom champion, so she is the one. She impressed me. Uh, Sumi is the women honor champion, um, who we know is good. She's she just did great. Um, it was really good, and uh, they they gave him ten minutes for an eight woman tag. That's not a lot, but I think it really showcased all the women's strength and didn't and didn't turn off the portion of the crowd that probably wasn't in to foreign women wrestling, which I don't know. It's a ring of honor crowd. I, I don't know where they stand, but there's still got to be a, a portion of them that aren't the biggest fans of that. This is pro wrestling and it's a very misogynistic and American sort of fan base to begin with. So I thought they did great. I give it to them. Next we had what I thought would be match of the night. I get the point oh. there. Yes, Just yes, Pasty White, Pasty White picked Sumi, and I did not pick Sumi, and Pasty took the Sumi. Next was the match I thought would be match of the night, possibly, and I think was match of the night. Could be wrong. Could be wrong. Could be just because this is where I decided to stop watching, and then I started watching the next day after this match. <laughs> No, it wasn't. It wasn't. I was going to, and then I watched it and stopped partway through the Jay Lee match. <clears throat> but I was kind of check out for the night at this point. But Aries came down. He came down with his titles. He came down with the Impact title, the IPW yes, title. The um, what's the other title? He has the um. Banana Lama didn't the, the defi- Defiant Wrestling. I think it's Defiant Wrestling. Yeah. 
Yeah, that sounds right. It was good. It was it was really good. I thought I thought they both there was a lot of the the false finishes that both these guys are known for. They took it to the ringside and really went all out ringside. Um A double did a fucking brain buster on the floor. And, and Kenny King kicked out when he got him back in. Um, A-Double ended up getting a second brain buster inside the ring for the win. Um, the whole time I was watching this match, I thought I had picked Kenny King. And I was like, oh. Well, I was happy Austin Aries won because, you know, he's Austin Aries, man. He's, he's, he's the champion of three different companies. If he loses, it makes all of those companies look bad even though mm-hmm. it's to Kenny King. So I was glad he won. Then when I went back and checked out our review, I was like, oh, I picked Austin Aries and so did Pasty. So we both got a point for this one. Man, two of the best in the business. Um, two people. You know, you look at these guys and you're like, how could they not become huge in WWE? And then you remember, oh, shit. Aries was there for a cup of coffee and they didn't do shit with him. Right. Spent more time as an announcer. Yeah. Um, and Kenny King, I'm just not very familiar with him yet. I've maybe seen him here and there, but for the most part, I'm I'm unfamiliar with. Yeah, I thought it was great. What did you think of the match? You weren't you weren't. I thought it was a good match. Or you it was to... solid. I don't know. These are two guys that have been with the company for, it's got to be a decade now. I mean, they're up there with your Jay Lethals and your uh, and your Briscoes and them as, as old school. Old school ROH. Both of these guys. They're both, um, well, no, Ken, God, Kenny King I don't think has ever been ROH world champion, but Austin Aries was one of the early. He was one of the champions during the heyday. During the uh, Tyler Black, um, Austin Aries, Roderick Strong, those three were all like the top guys at one point. That was right after the CM Punk Samoa Joe era. Right after mm-hmm. the CM Punk Samoa Joe era was your um, Austin Aries, Kenny King, and Roderick Strong era. Or I mean, um, sorry. Um, I just, you know, Austin Aries and Kenny King sitting right there. It was your Austin Aries, your Roderick Strong, and your Tyler Black, who is now your Seth Rollins. So, old school Ring of Honor Black guys. Tom. Black Tom Cassidy. You killed Black Tom. <laughs> Black Tom Cassidy. Hi, I'm Wade Wade Wilson. <laughs> I I did love how they they made that into a racist joke through the whole thing. He's trying to kill Black Tom. What are you, some kind of racist? Like, what? (laughs) He was going after Black Tom. He definitely has a problem. Props to fucking Deadpool for doing Juggernaut right this time. Oh, man. I loved this joke. And I called it. I don't know if you did. My son and I both called it. When, when he first um, said, there's a monster down there, and the first time he went down there and went to talk to him, me and Mitchell, were, or me and Phantom were like, Juggernaut. And sure as shit, it was Juggernaut. 
I almost didn't expect it to be, but I didn't know who else it would be. And yeah, Juggernaut Colossus is just classic. And you know, when you, <coughs> when you go out there and you straight up say, ooh, time for the CGI fight, you totally wipe your <laughs> expectation away, and you can right. enjoy the fight, even though it is fully CG. You know, it looks better than some of them CGI fights, or maybe the same, but at least they're, like, once they call it out right away, right. you get over it right Self-aware. away. Self-aware. Yeah, you get over it right mm-hmm. away. Uh, next up, we had another one of the best matches of the night. God, there was a lot of some of the best matches of the night. Jay Lethal versus Kushida. We had the Lethal Warrior versus the Time Splitter. And, of course, Kushida came down in his Marty McFly gear from his Time Splitter days, of which course. made me happy. <laughs> made me nostalgic. I loved it. Um, God, these guys pulled out all the stops. I mean, it was move after move after move after move. And Kushida tried a lot of Lethal's moves. Like, I think that hurt him more than anything. He tried the Lethal Injection twice. Actually, I think, didn't he hit yeah. it once? Yeah, uh, towards the end. And he tried the Lethal Combination once and didn't get that. Oh, and he tried the uh, Man the Elbow. Lethal kicked out of it. And I was like, holy shit. Yeah, he tried the Macho Man Elbow, and he missed the Macho Man Elbow, too. So I think the, yeah. the story they were telling was Kushida was trying to beat Lethal at his own game. And here, here, this comes back to to Pasty and his uh, ego. Ego got the best of Kushida in this one. He maybe could have won, but he kept trying to beat Lethal at his own game instead of just fucking mm-hmm. playing his own game. Lines close to the sun, boy. One one thing though, he did do right. Which I thought was awesome and was and was scary as a male with testicles was when um Jay Lethal came off the top rope for his macho man elbow and Kushida caught him in an arm bar. It was like, Oh shit and he caught him beautifully, but it's just like, Oh my gosh, that could go so wrong. Right. So... Holy shit. So wrong so easily. The good thing it was pulled up right. Yeah, but this one, Jay Lethal won with his, uh, I believe he hit the Lethal Injection and ended this one with the Lethal Injection, if I remember. But very good yeah. match. Very fast-paced, very, uh... Definitely what you expect from these two guys. Oh, yeah. Great, great fun time. And Lethal's up there, at least in Ring of Honor, as, like, one of their biggest workhorses right now. It's like he very well could be. I think Jay Lethal is the AJ Styles of ROH. He does it all. Mm. <clears throat> Next up, we had a street mm-hmm. fight for the TV title Punishment Martinez versus Hangman Page. Oh, first of all, Pasty won this one. I'm not trying to gloss over all the ones Pasty won. Pasty picked Lethal. I picked the Time Splitter. Lethal did pick it up. Good for him. Good for him. Makes me happy. I would have been happy with either one of these guys winning, to be honest. And the way the match went, Mm -hmm. either one could have. 
Um, we had the TV title Street Fight. Punishment Martinez versus Hangman Page. Punishment Martinez is a TV title holder. Um, I'm anti-bias in this one that I'm just, I'm not a big fan of either of these guys. I'm glad they're fighting for the TV title. Um, hopefully it pushes. I'm glad Punishment Martinez wore jeans to a street fight, as one should. That's that's one of the unwritten rules of pro wrestling. <laughs> if you're in a street fight, you have to wear jeans. Hangman Page didn't wear jeans, and uh, let me tell you where that got him. I think it was a guy. I think it was a what culture thing a while back, but they were talking about ridiculous things in pro wrestling, and one of them was wearing jeans to a street fight. And, and they they made a good point where it was like, you know what? If jeans make you fight better, why don't you wear jeans every match? Because there isn't a dress code, at right. least that we know of. Right. Does it say you have to yeah, wear Baron tights? Corbin's out there fighting in a fucking three piece suit. Yeah, it's like. <laughs> So why not wear jeans every match if that just makes you a better That's fighter? That's John Cena's secret, man. He wears those jorts. Them jorts and them fucking shoes with no no fucking uh, um, tape on his ankles. God, that scares me every time he gets in the ring. I don't know how he does it. How that motherfucker is not twisted or broken ankle. When he doesn't wear boots and he doesn't tape his ankles. He's got to have right. the strongest ankles like of any living human. He's never had, right? Yeah, it's insane. Like, that's that's rule number one. Okay, I, I've never been a professional, professional wrestler. Dabbled a little bit, but never been a professional, professional. But the little bit I know is that one of the number one rules is you tape your wrists and you tape your ankles or wear tight boots because... You're constantly moving your feet awkwardly. You're constantly jumping. You're constantly running. You're constantly pivoting. And that's the number one thing that's going to protect you from rolling or breaking your ankle. Mm -hmm. And Cena never does it. And Cena wrestles all the fucking time or used to. And he's never had that injury. Holy shit. John Cena woke up one morning and his ankle was sore and he's like, I'm going to make movies now. <laughs> could have been it. Very well could have been it. See, so, you know, Cena fucking woke up. He was like, God, what was that that Rock told me about a sore ankle? Oh, shit, yeah. When he started getting a sore ankle, he started doing movies. Fuck. It must be that time. It's crazy. But let's talk about the street fight. Yeah, it was actually a good street fight. I think that's good for these two guys. They he fucking put it. Punishment Martinez in my eyes a whole lot. Oh, Hangman was... page two, but he didn't need it. You know what I mean? Not a man. Uh, I think he needs it. I think he's the redheaded stepchild of the the American Bullet Club. And he then always... you get he's... to take a second here and start to think, because I started to think right at the fucking intro was he didn't come down in a bullet club shirt. And this continued to trend throughout the rest of the night. That is true. Um, if there's one word for this match, brutal. Brutal. Yeah. Hey, they brought the thumbtacks, buddy! I love it. I'm a mark for thumbtacks. They're such a cheap yeah. and simple... Yeah, you simple bring up thumbtacks, and I'm... <laughs> you oh. don't even have to land on the thumbtacks, and I'm happy. 
So I'm going to go off subject a little bit, and I hope we're not getting too far. Oh, no, we're not too... Oh, fuck, yeah, we are. Anyways, uh, just a short little thing. We're just on the anniversary of uh, Mankind Undertaker's Hell. And um, that was just this last week. Anyways, Bruce Pritchard had a, uh, something to wrestle with about that Hell in a Cell, that, that whole pay-per-view. And um, King of the Ring, King of the Ring 98... But he said that that after the match, and remember, not only did Mankind go off the fucking cage to the announce table, but then afterwards he got chokeslammed through the top of the cage onto that hard fucking ring and had a chair fall on him. Wasn't that the same night? The two all, different nights. All the same night. I thought all that was two, same night. two different Hell in a Cell. Oh, all shit. the same night. Yeah, that wow. was all the same night. He got off and the Rikishi stretcher. And got pushed off the top. And yeah, Mick Foley got off the stretcher to climb the cage just to get put through the cage again. And that was where the, the tooth went through his nose. But uh, Bruce Pritchard, who was at group position, said that the first things Mick Foley said to him when he came back after the match was, I'm sorry, Pritchard, but I forgot to do the thumbtack spot. And Bruce looked at him and he was like, <laughs> Mick, you're covered in thumbtacks. You did the thumbtack spot. All right, Bruce, I'm glad I got it. <laughs> the fucker forgot going through thumbtacks. That's how fucked up he was. Uh, I bet Bruce does a good Foley, too. I love his he does, voices. Yeah, he, he's a good... He should be a fucking... Uh, um, what do you call it? A voice actor? No, what do you call it when you mimic people? People make a whole impersonation. Uh, impers- yeah, he should be an impressionist. He should be an impressionist. He does better than I do. But anyways, um, yeah, busted out the zip ties. So that was good. For a minute. Um, Paige broke the Liam, zip ties. Liam, this is my one <laughs> big complaint about the fucking match, okay? Punishment Martinez, wheelhouse kicks, Adam Page. Adam Page falls, and as he falls, we watch the zip tie fly away. He broke through At the that zip point, ties! <laughs> Made of bulletproof glass. Yeah. <laughs> yep. At that point, improvise, and it looked like he was trying to improvise. Got to call some different spots. Got to get outside the ring now because, fuck this whole gimmick for what what appeared to me to be the gimmick for the rest of the match, just with the window. <clears throat> but my dismay. As he's setting up for moves and just kind of standing there waiting for punishment to get back to his feet, he keeps pulling his wrists together like this is the way they practice it. This is the way it has to be, like he was supposed to be bound. Every single move he did was moves he could do while his arms were bound together in front of him for, for the rest of the match. Granted, one or two points in times where he grabbed Martinez by the hair by one hand and walked him around a little bit. But he still could have. But done even that still, could have did that, yeah. right? And yeah, I feel like tell. the match would have been a hundred times better had he remained bound for the whole. Well, match. this is where I think both Paige and Martinez maybe lack is that you put somebody like Jay Lethal in that position, you put somebody like Austin Aries in that position, you put somebody like Bully Ray. They'll improvise out of that. Even probably oh, Cody show. Rhodes or one of the Bucks or Briscoes. Yeah, they would have they would have called they would have changed it and started calling moves on the fly that were different or they would have handled them differently. 
where Martinez and Page, whether it was due to one's lack of experience or the others, or one not being comfortable or the other, or both of them, they stuck to the original plan, and it was okay, but it just, yeah. but it came off awkward. Even if you didn't notice mm-hmm. it exactly, you would have thought something is awkward. Uh, maybe it hold- Let's talk about uncomfortable. What made me uncomfortable was when Hangman Page was getting up on the apron and looking out towards the audience and Punishment kicks him in the back of the head onto this chair structure that he built, but they didn't show it on camera. That yeah. made me uncomfortable. Bad production. And even in replays, they yeah. didn't show. Yeah, bad production, but Definitely. fuck, I was worried he liked it wrong. You, you yeah, know? yeah. It was such a spur-of-the-moment jerky kick. Would have been easy to fuck that one up and come down hard on the the back of the chairs. Oh yeah, definitely. Cause it was it was an awkward setup, and like you said, an awkward fall. But uh, again, I think I also think that's more due to bad, or maybe that's how they wanted to play it out. But I think that was due to bad production more than anything. I think it yeah. got a decent yeah, shot of guys. it. I think the cameras probably also it. thought they were going to improvise after the fucking band came off, and so they weren't ready for that spot. You know what I mean? You think the camera guys? I think you're giving the camera guys too much credit. I think the camera guys have to know the spots to know where to be to get the right fun picture. They're being talked to from the guys in the back. So they'd be on the guys. So the, the guys in the production. back thought they would call an audible. There you yeah. go. I'll give you that. The guys in the truck probably who are usually veterans. You know. Yes. Um, are probably saying. This, they're, they're probably thinking what they would do in their head instead of what these guys would do. But all in all, as, as a street fight goes, even with that hiccup, I think this was a fucking great match. I think it worked to their advantage. But I think they brought a, out the thumbtacks. A mixed, a mixed, um, a, a missed move like that or a missed move like that could have hurt a regular match. And I think with it being a street fight, it gave yeah. them a little leeway to look awkward. And it's still, it's like, oh, a street mm-hmm. fight isn't normal anyways. It's going to be awkward. We got the thumbtacks. As always, the person that brings the thumbtacks out, which was uh, Punishment, had the thumbtacks used against him, which Paige ended up back body dropping him on him. But Punishment wins in the end with a choke slam through a table for the which, pinfall win. Which he also did with his wrist pressed together. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just get that point clear. <laughs> yeah. That's where I'm like, oh, this match could have been fucking way better <laughs> it but bad. it wasn't bad but it worked out being a street fight match and yeah this is where it's I would like ace... so far on the card this probably would be the match of the night for me I know you okay. probably lethal Kushida more yeah but yeah Le- well lethal Kushida and thus Austin far Aries in the King, card this was my high point I liked Aries King the best out of all of them by the time it was all said and done but uh, next up, we had a phenomenal match, which easily, again, could have been match of the night. Dumb boys! The Briscoes took on the Young Bucks. This match is getting ready to start. I look at Kirsten, I'm like, have you watched a Young Bucks match yet? No. What? Good, put down your phone. <laughs> wow, she's never seen a Bucks Made match. Made her watch it. No. Has she ever seen a Briscoe match? Fuck No. Well, fuck you. That's why I told team. her. I'm like, these are my two favorite tag teams outside of the WWE. <laughs> yeah. You gotta watch this match. I gotta watch this match. This fucking match. 
Yeah. And these guys, I think, did we talk about this last week or did I just uh, hear, did I just read this some other time? I think they were four and four going into this. I mean, these two guys have been fighting each other. Oh, I think we somewhat talked about it because wasn't this one of the matches on um, our 80s or indies from back in like yes. 2012 or 20, 2008 yep. or something? So yeah, these guys, I think this is their, I think they were four and four. They were even. Um, so this was to break their tie and Lord knows they'll have other ones. But these are two groups that if they didn't know each other so well, you'd think it's just a clash of styles. Because the Briscoes are just down-home brawlers. Um, I reminisce them to the Sheep Herders. They can move and they can fly when they need to. Well, yeah, yeah, they can. They still, they always remind me of the Sheep Herders. If if people remember um, the group called the Bushwhackers in WWE. Before they were in WWE as the Bushwhackers and they were fan-friendly and pumping their arms and licking kids' faces. They were the Sheep Herders and they were just bloody, ruthless brawlers. Uh, very Damn it, what was ours that we were going to get our shirts made? The Road Whackers. <laughs> the Road, road Whackers. I still right. got to work on that. I can't find a fucking Road Warriors fucking emblem, <laughs> but I have looked into it. But they're just they're just down-home brawlers. They got, you know, there's a froggy bow. He, you know, they do a froggy bow, and they got the, um, mm-hmm. they have the redneck kung fu. But they're, they're pretty much brawlers. Then you got the Bucks, who are the high-flying high flip-floppers. But they know each other so well that they just put on a piece of artwork. It's a masterpiece every time. Mm-hmm. And this time was no exception to the rule. No, it wasn't. It was just great. Um, you could, I mean, Matt and Nick, um, they do less of their high fly nowadays, more and more, which is good. The older you get, you're really should do that. I mean, right, right. You should definitely Unless you're Jeff Hardy. Well, even Jeff Hardy has changed his up quite a bit. I Unless you're Rey Mysterio. <laughs> uh, booyaka, booyaka. Oh, you know what? That was one of the things I forgot. I six one nine. I thought which of... is just sixty nine with a one in the middle. Yep, I thought of doing oh. that for our logo or our thumbnail, and I kind of forgot about that. God, that was one of the things. <laughs> That's all right. That I think might have been a, a little one. bit more poignant than Rob Van Dam. Maybe, but fuck everybody. Fuck everybody. <laughs> we put what we want as our thumbnail, and you're gonna click it. Yeah, I thought about doing Come the six one nine, but be taking the well, I didn't have time, and I thought I did it decent, I guess. Um, but real, I mean, again, just really, really good. The Briscoes won. Um, you know, I think. I think they have a name for the move, but I can't think of what it was. But basically, they did a, um, so, so get this, folks. You got one Briscoe on the top rope. He's holding, I want to say it was Matt Buck yeah. on his shoulders. Like you're going to do a razor's edge. And he does the razor's edge, but at the same time, the other Briscoe ends up doing a cutter on him. So you got a razor's edge cutter combination sort of deal. Um, oh, you know what? Yes. It's um, it's called the Redneck Boogie. The Redneck Boogie. There you go, folks. Mm-hmm. They hit the Redneck Boogie on him. 
And the Briscoes, I believe, are up now 5-4 to four in their series. Their decade-long series with the Bucks and the boys. Fight forever. Yeah, it was really, really good. Um, but then the Addiction came down afterwards, and the Addiction... They want a shot at the tag titles next. So it looks like it's going to be Addiction Briscoe Brothers, which I'm looking for as much as. That was good turning. That was good turning because it goes one, continued the beatdown. Right. They came out, said they wanted the Bucks, were handed the chair, and then turned on the Briscoes. Good stuff, my good friend. Good storytelling. Good storytelling. Very good. This is where. Um, like Pace said before, you know, you look at Ring of Honor, you look at WWE. Um, oh, fuck you. Uh, not you guys, sorry. I'm talking to my computer. But <laughs> Ring of Honor does tag team right. I yeah. mean, they put an yeah. emphasis that on their tag team. That was one thing Kirsten was able to take away from the matches. It's definitely a world of difference than how WWE takes their tag team. Yeah. And, I mean, and you can't not notice that. You just can't not notice that. Next, we had the world title pitcher, Dalton Castle, defending his title against Cody and Marty Skrull, both of the Bullet Club. Nobody wore Bullet Club. And nobody seemed to have any allegiance or friction between uh, Marty and Cody. They both seemed to be there for the title, which I like. That made me happy. I thought it was funny that right away Cody kicked out the business bear. Right, right. Uh, good old fucking business bear. You need more... Bernard the business bear. You need more animals in wrestling. You know, we used to have that um, Takashi, who we're going to talk about in a moment in our news, which we need to get moving on to. I realize that. Of course, um... Oh, I can't even think of his cat's name now. But, of course, he has the cat. I can't think of his name. Anyways, if you go to facebook.com forward slash podcast and check out our profile picture, you will see Takashi with his cat. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, you got to love Bernard. Uh, this was a good match. Um, I'm going to say it. This might not surprise anybody who's been listening for a while. I think this match would have been way better as Dalton Castle versus Marty Skrull in a one-on-one. But... Of course you say that. Well, I believe it. I believe it. Um, Cody... I still err on the side of the fact that Cody's not bad. He's not, not Omega. But he's not... He hasn't won any world titles, which makes me happy. He's just not world title material. He's TV title material. He's intercontinental title mm-hmm. material. He's U.S. title material. Mm-hmm. I agree with that 100%. He's tag team title material. I just don't think he's world title material. But it, it was good. This match um, this match actually had uh, Nick Aldis show up. The, the former Magnus, who is NWA world champion. Who's had, supposed to be facing Cody at all. Who is. And they psychology the people. 
Yeah, they, he is facing Cody at all, and that was really cool to see. He said that if Cody wins the title, he's got to put the title on the line at all in. And he was so trying. So going in, we're all supposed to think Cody's going to win. Yeah, because he, Nick, was trying to make Cody win. That was his. So you had yeah. Nick out there, and you had Brandy out there trying to help Cody. So already, you know, you have you have a couple people. A couple people um, tr- trying to help him win. Well, Dalton um, has the boys. Marty Skrull, um, of course, he was doing his finger snapping. God, I love that. It's one of the less real, like, if you match or a f- it's not you go fingers. Why wouldn't you snap these fingers? <laughs> really? <laughs> Why wouldn't you? So I, I thought that was cool. I, I liked that. Um, just really good. A lot of back and forth. They did the three-way right. They rolled people in. They rolled people out. Um, the boys got involved here and there. But not a lot. Not enough to get thrown out. Uh, nope, they didn't get thrown out. Um... Cody actually uh, tried to use the uh, the salt, the old-timey salt that Marty Skrull uses, but Skrull threw it in his face. And then uh, Marty Skrull put on... Marty Skrull put on his arm breaker, and then didn't Cody Rhodes put on the figure four, and Dalton was stuck in between yep. both of them for a while? So that was mm-hmm. good. I almost thought it had maybe the ref was going to call it. And that was the, it. That'd be great. Yeah, I thought maybe Dalton was going to be out and then they were going to restart it with Skrull versus Rhodes, you know, uh, um, Bullet Club versus Bullet Club. They didn't do that, and I think, thankfully, I was so worried that Dalton Castle was going to be a transition champion and they seemed to have faith in him. Uh, They should. And uh, it all kind of ended when Marty Skrull hit the crossroad on Cody, and that was the third or fourth time he tried it. He kept trying Crossroads, kept not getting it. But he hit Crossroads with Cody. But then Dalton Castle hit the Bangarang on on Marty Skrull. For those of you who don't know, Bangarang is pretty much an airplane spin into a razor's edge. He picks him Mm -hmm. up, put him over his shoulder, spins him about three times, and razor edges him. And he got the pinfall. Um, Really badass match. But I think... I think being a three-way hurt it. I think it would have been better as a, a one-on-one. But then you'd have rules. That's true. No, it was good fun. I enjoyed it. Um, you and I both. And I enjoyed Dalton. the outcome and yeah, we... kind of how it bleeds into what we'll talk about next week. Yeah, we both uh, we both picked Dalton. We both uh, had faith in Dalton, and yes. he's been he's been coming through for us. That's really good. I'm happy he's been coming through for us. Pacey, we're getting long here. Um, there's a couple news and notes that I think we have to hit, and some that aren't as important. So let's get your opinions on this. First of all, I think everybody's heard Brock Lesnar and Daniel Cormier had a face off after UFC 226. That's right, folks. Brock Lesnar does not show up to WWE, but he does show up to UFC. <laughs> Dana White said, I'm with the internet here, and I definitely think when this fight happens, 
that's where uh, Braun should cash in at UFC. <laughs> yeah, we got to go to facebook.com forward slash beefsticks podcast to see how that would look like. It's up there. Just look a few uh, scrolls down on our on our memes. We like to keep up on the wrestling memes. Dana White said that he wants Comier's next title defense to be against Lesnar. Now, folks, Lesnar is closer to a UFC return as he has now been re-entered in the USADA testing pool. Remember, he needed a year of testing from USADA. He is um, exploiting... Well, listen, Pasty, because he's exploiting a loophole. He did six months of testing for USADA and then retired. Now he's entered himself back in the USADA poll, and apparently he only needs another six months, not a whole year. So allegedly he could have went six months drug-free. He could have steroided up for six months because WWE's not testing mm-hmm. him because he's a part-timer. And then he could spend the next six months trying Brock to keep... And fucking Lesnar. Yeah, and he could spend the next six months trying to keep the bulk on him without shooting up. So, um... It sounds like January 8th, 2019, as long as Lesnar keeps testing and keeps testing positive, he will be able to fight for the UFC by January 8th, 2019. So next year, January. Um, Some people on both sides are calling this confrontation a work or a staged confrontation. Um, of course. Even Bully Ray went as far as to say a complete work reminded me of the scene of Rocky Three. When Clubber calls out Rocky in front of the whole city, UFC needs Brock, and their fans are just scared to admit it. Uh, we, Pacey, you and I have talked so much about how Vince and Dana work together. This is a work, don't you think? Yeah. Oh, yeah. A good work? Yeah. Very good. Publicity. Oh, yeah. For, for both. Publicity for UFC they should, they and should WWE. Use the fuck up until he gets to be Brock Lesnar's size. CM Punk could, but he, he won't do it. He's straight edge. Straight edge, baby. Um, quickly, I'll run through this. Uh, WWE made some changes to their pay-per-views this year. The biggest change, they're taking out Clash of the Champions. And they're adding the w, what they're calling the WWE Super Showdown, which is the Australian show we've been talking about. God. For six or eight months now. Why not Great Balls of Fire? So it's good they're not adding an extra pay-per-view to their event. Um, and let's remember... Super Clash Showdown of... is a terrible name. Clash of Champions was followed, or was preceded by a pay-per-view where every championship was on the line anyway, <laughs> so it didn't fucking matter. Survivor Series, right? So, yeah. So Clash I of just... Champions and then Survivor Series. So it's kind of stupid, kind of pointless. I'm okay with that. Um, to add to that news, it sounds like there's a rumor that next year they're going to have two WrestleManias. One being the typical WrestleMania <laughs> that you get around um, March, April time. The second one would be similar to what we got with the Greatest Royal Rumble, assuming it would be in Saudi Arabia or another foreign country. And it'll be the something... Greatest WrestleMania. Yeah, it'll be something similar to that. So that looks like what they're planning on doing next year. So just get ready for another 12-hour fucking event, folks. I'm always ready. Um, We have to get into the police news. I'm going to skip one, which isn't that important, but we want to talk about Taylor Hendricks. She made an accusation. Jimmy Hendricks' little sister. Yes, but not. 
She's not near as cool. I like Taylor Hendricks. Awesome, awesome wrestler. I got nothing against her. I think WWE missed the mark by not signing her. But if this is true, well, folks, we'll let you be the judge. Taylor Hendricks made an accusation last week that she lost her push in Ring of Honor because she refused to sleep with Jay Lethal. Ooh, no. Ring of Honor responded by saying... No, he's not. Ring of Honor responded by saying they are taking the claim seriously and are currently investigating the matter. Lethal broke his silence on the matter as he tweeted out a message to his fan. He said, fans, not just one. (laughs) Please do not use my words here as fuel to attack myself or my accuser. There is already too much hate going on in the world, so let's not add to that. But let me be clear, there is absolutely no validity to these baseless allegations. Throughout my career, I have sought to conduct myself with honor and integrity. I would never engage in any conduct that disrespects this business or the men and women in the industry. Every individual has a right to be heard and must be given every opportunity to speak truth to power. Anyone engaging in misconduct or abuse of any kind simply has no place in our business or our society. I am confident that these unfortunate allegations will be proven to be completely unfounded at the conclusion of Ring of Honor's investigation. And Hendricks replied shortly after his response with a screenshot from a text message. You might say, Fat Mac, this is the smoking gun. But the message just says, Taylor, it's me, Jay. Are you busy? And then a second text that says, Hey, Taylor, I really need to talk to you. Please let me know when you get a moment to talk, please. So that's what Hendrix is trying to get us to believe is proof that Jay tried to force himself on her or to use his power to keep her down. She could be telling the truth, but that is... I mean, that just means nothing. That just means he wanted to talk to her. Right. Could have been anything. Maybe she had a low tire and, he, and she left the re- arena and he didn't want her to get a flat. We don't know. Um, more, new, uh, more news, but nothing important. We do have big injury reports that we have to talk about. At least one. New Japan Pro Wrestling's website said that Hiromu Takahashi suffered a broken neck after landing awkwardly while taking a Phoenix Plex from Dragon Lee at the G1 special in San Francisco on Saturday. Folks, for those of you who aren't hip to the wrestling lingo, a Phoenix Phoenix Plex is basically, if you know what a suplex is, where you put somebody's head underneath your arm, almost in a front headlock sort of position, then what you do, it's, it's a package. It's basically a package suplex. You take their legs and you grab their legs with both of your arms also. So the individual is completely off the ground and you're completely holding them and you completely use your leverage to take them over. Uh, Ryan Satin of the Pro Wrestling Sheet followed up with New Japan and reports that Takahashi is, quote, in a state that can sit and talk with consciousness. We here at Beef Sticks Podcast truly hope the best and a quick recovery for Takahashi. He is an amazing athlete. And... I mean, we got to remember, folks, every day these people put their lives and their bodies on the line for our amusement. When Pacey and I sit here and fucking bad talk them and make jokes about them, I mean, we, we do it in fun, but these people are literally giving their lives to us. It's a sombering remembrance, a reminder. 
pasty after I just kind of jam-packed that news shit in there. You got anything to follow up on any of that? Taylor Hendricks or um, Takahashi or any of that? <sighs> well, I just hope everything goes well for everybody involved in all of this. Um... Sexual harassment is a bad thing. False allegations is equally evil. It's hard to call. It's something I just want to start straying away from because it's going to keep happening. I don't know. And the rest of the stuff I kind of wanted to talk about would make much more sense to talk about next week. Hmm. Yeah, we can do that. We'll have a good show next week. We're going to have uh, the results of Extreme Rules. Yes, on Beef Sticks Podcast, post-69 com- uh, Hopefully we'll have um, some G1 Climax. climax results that would be good um hopefully we have some updated positive news on takahashi that would be great mm-hmm. um takahashi's cat I just, I oh and we'll also have name. results for our extreme rules for you guys next week i just said hopefully that. we'll just blow through those blow through um Yes. Daryl. Daryl. Daryl is Takahashi's cat's name, so we're hoping Daryl stays by Takahashi's side. I'm sure he is. I'm sure maybe we'll have an interview with uh, Daryl come next week. We'll see. But, um... In the name of Tamatanga and Tamaroa... This is Beef Sticks Podcast. I'm Fat Mac. I'm Beastie White. And uh, Takahashi. We'll beef you later. Godspeed. That was fun. We did that thing where we got a lot of shit into the show.